Hello, everybody. My name is Jill Renee Feeler, and welcome to today's message. I am so glad that you're here. We have a live audience, and then I'm recording this for the archive, and I'm very excited that you guys are here, and I'm excited for what happens today, whatever we decide to do with our being our light in human forms. Um, okay, for those of you that are new here, I kind of challenge myself to sort of introduce <laughs> all of what we do um, in a little bit of a sound bite to sort of, uh, I don't know, it's a challenge for me as a, as a very mainstream person in so many ways, what we do here. So let me see how we want to, <laughs> we want to introduce you to what we're doing here. Yeah, it's like an existential experience and a ride that we're inviting you into that does not require any sort of hallucinogenics or anything like that. There are pathways that we all naturally have as humans into farther reaches of our own sense of who and what we are and what we're capable of and what's possible. And it's beyond the normal limitations that we impose on our humanity. It's beyond the reach of the five human senses. And it's amazing. And I never would have believed this was even possible um, had I not experienced it myself. Um, yeah. So anyway, here we go. We're inviting you <laughs> alongside us. Okay. So every Tuesday we share a message and today is that day. All right. I encourage you to, let's just do a little connection exercise. I encourage you to relax your body and just focus on your breathing here and just slow down your breathing. Let your tension out of your body, wherever you hold tension. Great. Okay. And let's imagine that right uh, behind your, your belly button, behind your navel, that there is this beautiful ball of light. We're just imagining, okay? <laughs> this is not hard, right? Just imagine that there is a blue ball of light right within you, inside of you. And that it, I'm imagining it being very beautiful blue, sort of like a, like a clear blue sky. Okay, nice. And now imagine that that ball is pulsing in and out. There's no pressure it's putting on your body. It's, it's just light. Good. Very good. Okay, so now this ball is getting bigger and bigger. And in with no effort at all and no time at all, the ball is at least as big as you are. So it holds all of your humanness. And now a little bigger. Okay, good. Very nice. Oh, this beautiful sphere of energy that can include all of your humanness and so much more, so much more more than our beautiful minds can even begin to really realize or comprehend and or understand. And thank goodness our brains don't have to understand it for it to be real and for things to be possible. Okay, very good. All right, nice deep breath again right here. Now from right here, we're going to start uh, the conversation. So oh, you can open your eyes if you haven't already. <sighs> okay. Hmm. 
Just give me a moment here while I go deeper as Jill within myself, since I don't operate from notes, I don't have a script and I don't know what's going to happen either. And I, I like it this way. We want to talk today about, we want to come at what's possible and just how huge the possibilities are. We want to come at this from another angle. You'll notice that sometimes there are topics that over the years we've covered, but every time we cover it, we have a slight nuance to it or sometimes a huge distinction to it. And some of these, these uh, concepts are so important and so integral to anyone's personal ascension process and expansion of their enlightenment and consciousness that it's worth it to sort of circle around some of these big concepts more than once and maybe even several times all for the opportunity to further allow and support your light within in your human body suit on earth in your time so this opportunity for you to have a deeper sense of possibilities and what may have looked like a problem, what may have looked like in a decision that maybe previously you would have never made, all of a sudden there is this possibility, this opportunity to reevaluate it. And it could be anything. Some of you have really gotten in some really nice habits that you feel have served you well. And then all of a sudden, a different situation comes about or a different experience that you feel sort of limited, your choices feel uh, lessened, because of your sort of policy on things, whether it's your policy with the medical community, or your policy with uh, what kind of teachers you'll work with whether it's a policy of how you'll share yourself in your reality as a teacher. Uh, there's just a lot of rules <laughs> that you've set up over the years. And the rules are sometimes begging to be broken when there is a, a unique um, set of events that comes up. In any experience, it's not the rules that help you be your light. It's the honoring your light no matter what you decide. Okay, <laughs> this is <laughs> oh, this is good. Yeah, I'm just giving high five <laughs> to the team because this I see exactly where they're going and I love how they're doing this. <sighs> okay, wherever you feel like your choices are limited and you can't revisit some of your previous personal policies or personal values or personal decisions. It's, it's like a knock on your door of, are you sure about that? And we did have a message, I think it was number two, podcast number 203, where we helped you consider ways that you can um, disagree with yourself, decide that you've been wrong, uh, be more open that, that, um, that maybe a decision that you'd made was working well for a while, but it may be actually limiting you going forward, okay? So you may want to check out podcast number 203 um, if you struggle with that idea. With If you're a very closed system where you won't let yourself disagree with yourself, where you have a hard time questioning your own beliefs, 
Um, that's a, it's a wonderful system to have where you're really like, okay, what if I'm wrong? Um, some don't do that. And we see that limiting uh, the growth of your light literally within your human expression. Okay, so the, that's a good one. Number two of three, go get it if you haven't. And we're just going to pick up from that. All right. Okay, so. Okay, so this unpredictability of earth and the unpredictability of your life will continue to offer you situations that you didn't expect yourself to be in. They may be positive, they may be negative. It's wide spectrum in the human reality, right? So this ability that you have to have a set of policies and value systems that that helps you uh, be you and you've made some choices, maybe you've done some reach, research or you've just decided that this is what I believe that, you know, I should stay away from all doctors or um, I should, you know, only do this practice of spirituality. Um, and it's actually narrowed your lane of possibilities over time. And that may be fine if your life is going well and if you are happy in your life and feel like you have, you know, free will or whatever else you value. But there, when it's the, when the unexpected things happen that sometimes you, you bump in to your own rules. And it's, it's just such a wonderful opportunity to really just stand still, relax your body, face what is going on, right? So really accept that, okay, this is happening. There's no point in denying it. It actually is, is harmful in some ways to deny that something is going on in your present, in your presence. And in those moments where it's like almost like the scarier it is, the more helpful it can be to set down the rules that you'd had in place for just a minute. Give yourself a minute to consider the bigger picture. Okay, because some things that you had decided were true for you up until that moment may actually not be true for you. And the more open you can be to all these different possibilities, the more likely you are to create a response that honors you the best, honors your light, honors your eternal self, honors your human self, honors your physicality, honors your financial responsibility, and on and on and on and on and on, okay? All right, let's go deeper here. Ooh. Yeah, I just felt the team say, Jill, this is bigger than you realize. Okay, I, heads up to me. Some of you are already in instances where this has uh, come up. <sighs> Some of you have already decided that rules that you've been applying to yourself in your life are no longer suiting you and that it was time to create some new rules or maybe have less rules, less policies about what you will and won't do as your you, as your one. To truly honor your one, your soul signature in the very dynamic, highly unpredictable way of humanness, you are strongly encouraged to have 
rules that fit that may need to be questioned by you over time. That doesn't make you inauthentic. It makes you masterful. Rules are great. And there are so many ways that, especially for those of you that are less confident, less secure, um, where you question yourself, you doubt yourself a lot. Some of you have set up quite a system of rigidity Um, to minimize your chances of failure was probably the motivation there. And that makes sense, right? That's so logical and highly intelligent. And yet when something comes up that is bigger than your rules and your system can handle, your desire for safety is no longer in the rules. Your desire for safety and well-being is in you. And that's beyond your rules. That's in the lap of your eternal self energy, which is love and comfort and the ability to handle uncertainty and the ability to face challenges that seem to overwhelm other parts of you. Okay, let's just say that one more time to that that, uh, layer within your second chakra that, that thought that rules and rigidity were keeping you safe. The rules and structure that you had in place can make parts of you feel safe. They can uh, sort of make routine, different choices that can feel overwhelming, overwhelming to some of you. And when those choices are not, when your choices for how you be you, how you respond to the tough things that happen to all humans, no matter what vibrational level they're at, the rules have to be flexible enough to honor the light within you. The mastery and your ability to respond is so much bigger than any sort of rule or dogmatic sort of belief that you'd had. There is a a whole series of just unquestionable uh, rules or truths that some of you have had about food. And um, I mean, it, it goes, it's, there are so many. Uh, we've already named a few vaccines, uh, whether doctors are there to help you or harm you, uh, whether the medical establishment and science can support you, or whether that's all just some nefarious plot, right? We do want to offer you some examples here. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, let's just take a moment here, please. Okay. Thank you, Mary. Okay, so Mary Magdalene has, um, has some things that she wants to share regarding this. Thank you. I know something about rules. Um, I love structure and uh, I remember how it made me feel more safe, uh, especially as things felt more dangerous um, with Yeshua being more controversial 
and more on uh, display for um, potential harm and backlash and things like that. In that um, era of, of our union and our partnership, I, I got even more tight uh, in, in my Mary um, in some ways. Um, not in an, uh, an unlikable way where I, I didn't like myself, but in sort of retrospect, <laughs> I can see that I was trying to manage the stress that I felt um, and the desire for safety that uh, I think all of us in our, in our human forms at some point um, are craving that sense of safety. And then there was, uh, obviously, when, when Jesus was, was killed, there was another level of, of the sort of like, okay, uh, wanting the safety, but also letting go of the idea that safety is even really an option. It's certainly not a guarantee on earth. And just that blinding realization of how unsafe earth is um, at its core, like by its very nature, that there's just a, a rawness and a realness to it um, that is just savage uh, in some ways that is just undeniable. So that shock lasted for me um, years, even at least two years of just sort of like, okay, well, there's no safety here. And there was a numbness um, that was right alongside the depth that I, that I offered myself. And that was such a huge part of what Jesus and I were so passionate about in our human embodiment of the eternal light that, that he was and that I was and that we are, of course, eternally. So they were sitting right next to each other. And that's what, that's what I want to point out to you is that it's not that, I mean, even for me, and I consider myself pretty good at being a bringer of light as Mary, that it's not as if the fear went away. It's not as if my desire for safety um, ever fully evaporated. It's that I made space for that right alongside the depth and the endlessness of the eternal light of source creator God, that force of God energy that was the driving force, literally the primary force within my life and obviously within Jesus's life. And hope, hope we love to do things to support that to be part of your primary force of life as well. But what I want to point out is that, that the, the parallel, they, again, they sit right next to each other. Your eternal light is not under your fear. Your eternal light and sense of eternal well-being is not underneath things that you need to clear. They stand right next to each other as parallel, um, like books sitting on their spines in a, a very well-organized, structured, uh, rule-oriented bookshelf, okay? So they sit right next to each other. So for those that have had an overemphasis of rules and safety based on structure and trying to predict the future and trying to minimize your risks. And we did another message on that not too long ago. There, sometimes you lose sight of the fact that really what's, what's working best for you isn't that sense of structure and rigidity. It's the eternal energy that's the, the bigger force of what you really are. And when you allow for that, the rules and the structure become secondary 
to supporting the eternal light and the eternal energy of love and wisdom and care and compassion that you are in your world, including for yourself. Oh, okay, very good. So the rules and the structure need to be flexible enough. It's great when they're flexible enough to give you more options. The more options, the better in times of crisis or in times of intense uncertainty. So it's some of you interact with money and finances and commerce in a very, very rigid way. Um, I recommend you question your own rigidity. Um, maybe you're not right about that. Maybe, maybe that option B is not so tragic and not so awful and not so uh, harmful to the eternal light of source that you are. The eternal light of source that you are is truly indestructible. There's nothing on the earth plane that could ever truly get in the way or suppress the eternal nature of the force of God that is the root and eternal, it's the infinite essence of all life. Okay, so any payment system, any way of earning income or paying bills or consumption of food or interaction with the medical community or, you know, on uh, pharmaceuticals, on and on and on and on and on. When you give yourself and your light the permission to be the primary force, you can actually uh, let the light lead in order to add abundance and benefit and well-being even to those factors that you like less. So even... (laughs) Jill's dog is barking. (laughs) He's going to keep barking for a minute, and then he's going to run up here and tell Jill, and we'll probably let him in. Okay, where were we? Okay, let's continue because it'll take him a, cu- a couple moments to get to this phase where he comes upstairs to tell us. Okay. <laughs> we talked about parallel processes. <laughs> it's a perfect example. Okay, so this, this ability that you have to work even in systems that you don't like, even that you absolutely hate, that you have the ability when you operate from the primary vibration of I'm eternally light, I'm pretty sure I can take that pharmaceutical drug and it's not going to have a tragic effect on me, okay? That, that you're still connected, that you're still light even if you take a migraine pill or, you know, whatever. There's so many examples that, that we've seen Jill experience um, in recent months. And it was, it was within the last year actually that she did allow herself to take a migraine, a pill for migraines that she occasionally gets. Um, uh, cause she had been of the rule that, oh, you know, I want to, you know, oh, that scared me. Okay. Hang on, <laughs> hang on a second. There's Samson. Okay. Hang on a minute. Let's go get him. <laughs> oh, Sammy, I love you. very predictably today, Sammy. Okay, good. I'm glad you're here. I know. Somebody's here at the house and it's okay. It's gonna be all right. Thank you for the warning. (laughs) Okay, there we are. We're back. Okay, so this 
option that you have to question some things that you would have refused to do and that then when you try it out and see how you feel you relax your rules you relax your ideas and then you do an experiment an experiment of your light alongside whatever that is okay this is a tough time this is um a very tumultuous phase of earth uh, there are so many colliding sort of forces and further polarizations and it doesn't it's I mean some of you were thinking that if you raised your vibration enough and expanded your consciousness enough then you would be immune to the 3d and the 4d essence of life and we tried to offer and we'll, we'll remind those for, that haven't haven't heard our our, uh, our perspective on this you don't leave the 3D or the 4D when you um, ascend as your one into the deeper, wider, not higher, the deeper and wider essences of the fifth dimensional range of energies and beyond. You don't leave the 3D and the 4D to do that. The 3D and the 4D is still there. Just like if I show you five avocados, it's like, oh, well, that, there's, that's not five. There's still three there. Sorry. <laughs> How does that math work? <laughs> right? Just even logically, it doesn't make sense. Okay. And that's a, that's, a, that's a tip for you, right? When it doesn't make sense logically, then it's something to question and something to reconsider. Okay. So this, I, some of you have uh, maybe isolated yourself based on these rules and structures and uh, protecting your light in a way in your reality as if your light was the fragile thing your light is the strongest part of you the humanness is the most fragile part of you but isn't it an interesting twist and distortion of logic that in desires to be spiritual to be conscious to be enlightened that the human thinking starts to feel that the human is sort of the, the primary force trying to protect the eternal light of, of source energy within itself from a reality that's harsh and unpredictable and where bad things can happen. That is the ultimate distortion. Let's set it straight, shall we? The humanness is the most fragile aspect of you. The human you is what deserves the, maybe not protection is probably not the best word, but the um, compassion. Let's stick with protection. Let's just use that for now. That your humanness deserves the oversight and the overseeing nature of the strength, the indestructible nature of the eternal light vibration that that can't be harmed in any reality it's it's truly it's it's infinite it's omnipresent and it can work with whatever you've got going on if you have hardly any money your light can work with that if you have endless money your light doesn't have a problem with that either you've got health problems your light is not harmed by that you've got no health problems and you're the epitome of health inside and out your light can work with that too. 
There is nothing your light can't handle. It doesn't need protection in your reality, but your human deserves it. So the more honest you can be with yourself about what is the superseding uh, strongest, uh, it's almost like who's the, what's the parental, what's the primary, what's, and what's the secondary, right? What are you leading with? Is it the human protecting the light? Or is it the light? Um, oh, we want a better word, and I, I do too. Okay. I feel like I'm a, I'm in a blend of a thesaurus, and it's kind of like you're, like if you go in the green room of a of a kind of an, an expert panel, and all the experts are just sort of like very casual and relaxed, sort of like yeah, what about like superseding, overriding, and where there's just this casual nature of all of our eternal selves who are just sort of like we want a better word. It's, I just wanted to give you that behind the scenes image here. Are you allowing your light to be sovereign? not over your human, but as the core of your human, so that your light is invited into not only the situation that you're facing, but all the possible solutions, remedies, aids, tools that can support you as your human as you face that challenge. As you seek to relieve pain, as you seek to work around a problem, as you seek to create an entirely new solution. That felt good. I think that worked, Madhatran just said. Me too. Okay, let's just pause here for a minute and just, just feel, just feel your depth. If your mind is racing, just Tell it to shh. <sighs> Problems aren't something to think through as much as they are an opportunity to feel into. Feeling into the problem doesn't make it worse. It helps you hold on to your one, your one, amidst whatever is going on. There we go. And from there, you've got choices. And you'll run into your rules. Right there is where you'll run into yourself saying, oh, no, no, but that's bad. And then you can question yourself, is it bad? Right? Jill with her migraines. How bad has it been to try to <laughs> get through these migraines? Um, when, when I'm letting myself speak here as Jill, when I have them, how well was it working when I was, you know, sometimes out for like a whole day or two days because I wasn't opening myself up to the idea that this very carefully designed by highly educated, very well-trained, well-meaning individuals that found something that would help situations like a migraine. In hindsight, knowing how amazing those, uh, I think it's, what is the name of the one I take? I want to say it's like Ziptopran, those words. <laughs> Who comes up with those names? Um, Zitopran? I don't know, something like that. Um, <laughs> Metatron just laughed at me. He was like laughing at me because I don't know the word. It's okay. Um, 
the idea that now I have this, even just the little hint of a migraine, I only, I don't need them that often. Um, but sometimes with the energy surges and the Schumann resonance changes, changes, I don't focus on that stuff as much as Jill is. I know some of you are very aware and very savvy about what's going on with the like solar flares and that kind of stuff. All I know is I get a migraine <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I need help. And I take that pill and I'm, I'm myself. I either avoid the migraine or I'm back. It works every time, you guys. Now I just laugh at the idea that I avoided that that for years and it's and still I'm like I hope I hope I hope there's no uh like negative consequences that I'm not aware of I hope that this isn't going to harm me later on um but so far so good and there are so many things like that that we're denying ourselves the support we deserve and some of our stories around how we came to these rules for self are a bit overly dramatic, a bit uh, unnecessarily conspiratorial, a bit rigid, a bit dogmatic, um, and deserve to be questioned. It's it's not that, and it, it doesn't even matter about who was wrong and who's right. It's what do you need at work to support you in being your best you, given anything that you have to face, okay? <sighs> okay. All right. Yeah, there's yeah, there's just so many examples of this. Yeah, there's another one. Yeah, Jesus is like, tell them about the monthly membership thing. That's a great example. Um, and it, it seems so silly, but it but it is real. And it, it's the little things, right, that that add up to a life in a way. Um, and how we allow ourselves the support that we deserve. But I was thinking for probably five years or more, oh, I kind of want to do a monthly membership. I, as Jill, go to such great lengths in terms of, okay, well, what would I offer? And is it a value? And what would I charge? And oh, would that be charging too much? Is it really worth that amount? And what system would I use? I overthought it all the time. <laughs> I made it way harder than it needed to be. And the idea that, that so many people for, I mean, okay, yeah, let me, I'm jumping ahead. So in January of this year, just a few months ago, I was like, okay, we're just doing it. I'm, yes, it's not, I, I may not have all the kinks worked out, but let's just do it this way and I'll adjust if I need to. And I had a little goal. I don't, I don't, <laughs> oh, I'm so funny. I don't normally have goals like business goals. I don't, I don't do this work that way. And I wasn't really a big goal setter um, myself anyway. Maybe I should be. Anyway, um, so far the system is working now. Um, I had a goal of, oh, it would be great if I had this many sign up within 90 days or this many sign up within the first 30 days. That would be a great goal. Um, and you guys have been, and so many of you here are in that monthly membership program. I'm still, when I look at that number of how many of you are signed up and I'm just like, seriously, like, oh my God, I, wow, thanks. I mean, it's just like, that feels so good. And yes, I am offering and I am comfortable that I'm offering way more value than what I'm, that I'm, than what I'm asking you for in return in terms of the, the dollar amount back. Um, I do like to offer more than I'm charging you um, to over deliver, right? And anyway, and just the support and the readiness that you guys were like, yeah, I'll, I'll sign up for that amount per month. That's not that much, Jill. Thanks for doing this. And I love what you're offering. And oh my God, that monthly 
members, you know, event that you had in January and February and March has been off the off the mark. Amazing. So yes, I'm here. Love it. Thanks for doing this. And some said, why didn't you do this before? And that's what I want to get into. Where in your life, right? Let's let's make it personal to you. Um, are you getting migraines and you're avoiding medicine? <laughs> um, are you trying to restrict your financial abundance to look a certain way? Are you in a business where you have um, what would be called an audience? They're really a community of, of fellow beings that you are alongside each other, right? Are there beings in your life that would love to support you in doing that? I technically could have signed up. I technically could have offered a monthly membership in 2011. That's just... God, that would have, I mean, that's so cool to, th to think about how many people I would have on a regular basis, nominally just like, yeah, 14 US dollars per month, Jill. I love your weekly messages. I love what you're doing. Now you're doing videos. Oh my God, blog talk radio. That's so cool. I love you. Yeah, I, I want to support you in this. I, I mean, wow, I'd have quite a, quite a financial stream going on now, but I, I didn't, you know, I think for most of us with something like that, we think, oh, well, we've got to wait until our audience is a certain size. I could have started with 10 people <laughs> and what a motivator that would have been, right? Even if just a couple people of 10 listeners <laughs> had, had said, yeah, I love what you're doing. Here's my way of supporting you in that. It's this whole crowdfunding is kind of another another way of looking at it. It's a system that is getting easier for those of us that do provide resources that are either for free or, you know, for a group, etc. This is so cool. So for those of you that have thought about doing a membership site, please, or membership offering, membership something. A lot of people that I know in the industry, we talk about it, but it's, we overcomplicate it. I know I, I know I did. And I think some try to make it much more complex than it needs to. And I, I, I have clients even that I know have invested probably tens of thousands of dollars in some sort of a platform. I don't even think it needs to be... Uh, yeah, mine doesn't cost me any more. I already have a system that works for it. So, oh man, right? So it's, um, I mean, just allow yourself to reevaluate what you are making overly hard, where you are refusing help because you don't trust the person that could provide it or you don't trust that industry. Um, maybe it's time to reevaluate that. And maybe it's not, in your best interest to presume that everybody in the pharmaceutical industry is completely malevolent and dark and, you know, of the dark forces or something like that. Um, it does help the more, well, I know for me, it is extremely helpful that, that I, the medical doctors that I've met and that, that I know, I love them. I, I really, really do. I mean, some of them are clients, right? I have clients that are MDs and I have friends that are MDs. I have some neighbors that are medical doctors and um, these are lovely, caring people. My next door neighbor is, by the way, a NICU, neonatal intensive care unit physician. And I don't know him well, right? But I want to give Eric a hug every time I see him because just the idea that he's with those tiny little babies and their parents and, you know, the fear that their parents would have and the delicateness of life and the role that he plays in that. And <laughs> oh, 
and Michelle are in Africa right now, where I'd probably go over and knock on the door <laughs> and see if he's home and say, Eric, can I just give you a hug? Because <laughs> I have a sense that what you do makes you an angel on earth. And I see you, brother. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for being this. I can't imagine the stresses that you go through every day. And the level of decisions you have to make every day that where literally life is in the balance. Okay. <laughs> so, and the doctors that, you know, my primary care physician that was like, you know, we have a pill for your migraines. I, I see that you've refused them now for three years. Uh, are you sure about that? And I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? And then I remember that first time I took it and I think I had clients later that day. And that was actually why I took it. I was just like, okay, I'm going to take this pill. <sighs> like I, I pray literally team <laughs> that, that it's not going to mess up my connection. It's that's not going to harm my ability to do my work. Um, and that it's going to be good. And I hope I don't have to cancel the client session and we'll just give it, a, we'll give it a try. And if this medicine in any way is making it so that I start my process and I'm with that client and nothing comes through, then I'll say, I'm so sorry. I just took this pill and it's messing me up and we'll have to reschedule. And I apologize. Um, that has never happened. Every single time I have this openness to the possibility that something I'm doing will mess up my light or will like, Oh, I hope that doesn't, you know, harm my connection to my team and my work. There's never been anything you guys that, and so I hope that you have examples too of that durability of your light that Mary Magdalene was talking about there because we overthink so much of this. <laughs> and the idea that we think that our light is delicate, just like Mary Magdalene was saying, it's like, God, we've really got this backwards. We've really given the wrong thing the emphasis and de-emphasize the most amazing thing we have, which is the life force energy of God that is beyond our humanness. I mean, it's, it's like, duh, when you think about it, but it's just, it makes me laugh at myself and the way I know for me as Jill, my brain works and I'm guessing you've got something in there <laughs> for you that you're like, yeah, this probably it's kind of a silly idea. Uh, maybe, maybe that would work better if I reevaluate this or I start to question that more. Question yourself. There's power in questioning things for the benefit of your light here, which is that, I mean, how can that not benefit your humanness? Right? Okay, but you won't know it until you try it, right? Oh, that's so good. Okay. And then the other, yeah, Jesus, thank you. He, he wants to talk about this and I do need a drink of water. The other facet of this is uh, you know, Jill has teenagers and she has this expression that she hears people say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Um, be choosy and be, be discerning about what sorts of principles and ideals and uh, ways of living your light are supported and encouraged and um, <sighs> spoken of with the the relationships that you have related to consciousness, enlightenment, and things like that. Um, 
as Yeshua, I did not want to make time for the very dogmatic, rigid, no, this is what we do. Um, and yet, as, as, as a Jew, that, that is so real, that, that tradition. So it's not so much about the rules, it was about the tradition. Um, and about the, the, the honor of those traditions. And yeah, he's, oh, let's go deeper into this. Some traditions have lasted for thousands of years because they work, because they do support the light of source energy within the human form. They do it so well that that they last that long. But some of the things that within the human journey that you've decided for you, these aren't traditions, they're just policies that you can change whenever you want to. So, but they, it's almost like in some parts of your brain or some parts of your logic center, they're all mushed together. Timeless or thousands of years old traditions are somehow like, yes, that's the same as my policy that I will not (laughs) take medicine for migraines, or I will not, you know, uh, support that industry, or I will not allow, um, you know, payments from that payment processor. There's just... There's so, and, it, and then it becomes hard to question it, right? So it, it's hard to kind of pull it apart and go, okay, no, wait a minute. What, have I, what am I really saying to myself? Where, where is my rule there? And does that make sense still? And what if I tried it out by sort of breaking my own rule and seeing how things go, right? Yeah, some things are ready to be questioned. Some of those timeless traditions even. Um, we're definitely seeing that in the structures that had been relied on for security and safety and authority, whether that's um, whew, uh, the Catholic Church, right? There's a lot of... Uh, There's a lot coming to light that is causing truths to surface that can be extremely painful, extremely uh, disruptive, and where you can't look the other way anymore. There have been systems built for very good reasons that ended up, for those good reasons, covering up things that were horrible and ugly and just absolutely shameful. So when those big systems that millions of humans relied on for that sense of okay, now what rules should we live by? What are the structures that we should live by? The authority that they handed over to the Catholic Church in this example. Um, When those systems start to crumble and fail and the natural deficiencies of humanity start to reveal itself in these sacrosanct systems, there is that very humbling reality that what you really have in your life is your one and your eternal light within that one. And those of you that recognize the eternal 
nature of light and God within yourself in a personal way, not higher than you, not outside of you, not above you, but intrinsic to you and deep within you. That you couldn't get it out of you if you tried. You couldn't get out of its vortex even if you wanted to. Only your attention can be moved can be moved away from it. But the light isn't going anywhere. Okay? Mm, that's a big tip. So with that advantage that, that you guys listening to this or watching this have as a group, that you've got way more figured out than those that are really in a state of dis-ease and confusion and disorientation about, wait a minute, this, this has been my lineage of being Catholic. Uh, those nuns were, were supposed to be there to protect me. Um, those priests were supposed to be there to, to protect all of us and the nuns and all of it. And that whole system is just like the can of worms is just continuously spitting out more uh, tragic stories of abuse and lack of sovereignty and lack of respect for decency. I mean, it's just shameful on so many levels. So what will happen to the Institute of the Catholic Church um, at this point? That remains to be seen. It's a very unpredictable time, but this is another example of exactly, you know, something that someone would be facing, not necessarily from this normal audience, but maybe somebody that's, you know, happens to, you know, come across a video like this. What are your choices? Are you willing to question your church? That doesn't mean questioning your faith. Your church and the faith have been merged together as one thing that is inherently goes together. It's not. If your church isn't serving your sense of faith, trust in your concept of a God, then that church and your alliance to it, your payments to it, your visiting it, your going there are ready to be questioned, yes? Why would you not question it with the level of corruption that is revealed at this point and it's just getting started? At any organization of that size, with that level of hierarchy, with that sense of autonomy, the, where it felt like it was above the law, is ripe for abuse, misuse, manipulation, and lying and withholding information. It's just tragic. For me as Yeshua, one element of it that is the most tragic is that those institutions pretended that they were the voice of God. And that without those institutions, without that fancy property, that 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 individual would not have the compass of God, the guidance of God, the presence of God within itself. I was fighting that my entire life I, as Yeshua. That was, that was the problem um, in, in one form, one of, one of many problems I had a hard time with. Um, and I wanted, I was hoping 
that with my life there would be this this enduring message uh, for all of eternity, ideally, of the light of God, the source of God is within you. It it is you, and in, in your most in your timelessness, that some of my own, you know, they're called the disciples, some of my closest, they were my closest friends, didn't hear that part, <laughs> sadly. So, and even those that heard it, it can be taken out in the translations and, you know, you know, this group knows all about that. So was it sad when even from my eternal self, I was trying to assist in the, the writing down of the account of my life, um, I was trying to assist them and, uh, you know, like, remember this part, remember that part. And sometimes it was just like not there. <laughs> so I got frustrated at that, but it's, um, it is what it is, right? <sighs> okay. You are all life is. You're alive. All life at its essence is source energy, regardless of what it believes, regardless of its alliances, regardless of its truths, regardless of its downfalls, regardless of its mastery, regardless of its experiences. The light is sovereign. The light supersedes all transcends all of those human-based factors, all of them. The light is you as your eternal energetic presence. You are the human expression of that light. You are the human, you are your one beautiful one human embodiment of that unique source energy that is you. It's miraculous. It's glorious. It's beautiful. It can be challenging, (laughs) right? Not challenging for your eternal self, but you've got the hardest job, right? You, You guys, as the human, you by far have the hardest job of what we call your team. Your eternal self is caring about you and and wanting what's best for you every day, knowing that you have many choices and it loves it when you consider more and more choices so that you have as many possibilities as possible to (laughs) to land on your feet no matter what you need to face in your world. Even when it's one of the largest institutions on the planet, the Catholic Church, with one controversy, one, you know, sad, tragic headline after another. They're just getting started. How can it survive? I don't know. I don't know how it can survive at this point, but I, but I do know. It's by those that are feeling like their allegiance of their faith is based on their Catholicism and they're supporting the Catholic Church. And that's just one example. It is sort of a blind loyalty at some point that if they decide they're not Catholic, that if they decide they're not going to tithe or financially support anything with the Catholic Church, 
that their relationship with God will be compromised. And I do not forgive the church for that shame. That was never true. And they've been benefiting for thousands of years based on that lie. The church telling its parishioners, without us, you have no connection to God. Thank God you have us. What would you do without us? And because it's in the frame of religion and faith, it is not questioned. Everything in your reality should be questioned. Everything within yourself, your, your alliances, your loyalties, your own sets of rules of, of what is what, what works for you or what will never work for you. Oh no, that'll never work for me. How do you know? Have you ever tried it? Are you sure? And is there a time when you might need it where you might reconsider that idea? Your power is in your choices, especially on earth. Another element of your power is your ability to question yourself that what you think is true may not be so. Your light is also not dependent on your being right. Hallelujah for that. Your light is light even when you're wrong. (laughs) Okay. There we go. We covered a lot today. Ah, that feels good. Thank you. Woo. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I did not expect we were going to include the Catholic Church in today's discussion, that's for sure. Um, but we did. <laughs> we did. I, um, I'm deciding what to do here. Uh, I'm examining my choices. <laughs> I heard Jesus too. Um, I do have a appointment that's coming over. I have something on my car that needs to be looked at. And they're coming between 1 and 2. And I don't know when they're coming. So... I let's stay here for a few minutes for those of you that want to chat um, and share. Very good. The chat room is open for those of you that are live. Okay. Okay, good. Oh, thanks, Suzanne. She's saying important messages today, Jill. Thank you. And I so agree. Kiss, hug. Oh, thank you. Oh, hi, Connie. She's saying, thank you, Jill. I love this info. They say rules and structures are tricky. I don't even know if I want to ask this, but how can we feel safe in qualifying vaccines or chemo where the harm can be devastating? Our babies don't get to choose and it's so confusing. Our light is durable. I completely agree. Our human is the most fragile aspect and deserves protection. Is there middle ground or qualifying info for us in this um, that's ironic that you mentioned vaccines. I can't remember if I mentioned it or not, but, um, I, you guys know, I, I like to listen to the Joe Rogan experience podcast, which I know is not everyone's cup of tea. I get that it, some aspects of it are not my cup of tea either, but I do appreciate his Joe's Joe Rogan's curiosity about things and the guests that he, a lot of the guests that he has on. And he actually, I think it was just from yesterday. I was watching the YouTube video this morning while I was getting other things done. He has this scientist 
that creates vaccine, I think he's a medical doctor. I think he's a medical medical doctor and scientist um, that creates vaccines for, um, it's like urban lower income, poverty-related illnesses, poverty-related illnesses that are in modern day, um, otherwise um, advanced civilizations. In other words, the most impoverished cities in the USA have illnesses that uh, warrant vaccines and that are not being paid attention to. So he, and it's really interesting to talk to, to hear his interview. And then he also has, I can't remember how old his daughter is. I think her name is Rachel. She has autism. So he's right in the center uh, intersection of um, the vaccine debate. And he doesn't even think it is a debate. So it was just because I know I have my own ideas. But over the last couple of years, I, I can feel my own team sort of like, well, what if you're wrong about that? <laughs> you know, maybe you should have had Georgia's second hepatitis B vaccine, you know, maybe you want to reconsider this. And I so I am loosening up my own ideas about Oh, no, that's horrible. And I'm allowing myself to see more sides of the debate. And I'm allowing myself to see how uh, there can be misinformation on both sides and how we can be really, really blinded to um, some of the evidence that supports the contrary opinion to what we hold. So even just the first 15 or 20 minutes of that interview may be really sort of just consider it. And I know some of us are just really, really like, uh, like locked on, like, no, 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 I, I know I, I've already done all my research and I'm sure that I'm right. And I, I just feel like our entire teams, this entire conversation so far in this message have been like, oh, you mean, <laughs> those are probably the ones where you really want to put a post-it note on look at this, <laughs> right? Because um, that's the most, rec- oh, is it reckless? It is, is it dangerous? I do want to put those words on it. Those are sometimes the most limiting ways, how about that, that we are living our life when we are just sure that, no, 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 it's 100% this. And again, I talk about this in podcast number, I think it's 203 about the ability to question yourself. And um, yeah, okay, interesting. All right, so um, with the vaccine one, that one I found really interesting. And then chemo, I have a great example with that. There is, um, uh, of of being very like us, um, Kat Barton Barrel, and she has Blue Sky Shop. uh, And I think she spells shop in that sort of old English way. So B-L-U-E-S-K-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E dot com, or just do Kat, K-A-T, Barton, B-A-R-T-O-N, B-A-R-R-E-L, and there might be another L on barrel. Um, anyway, so Kat uh, is very much like us. I mean, she actually, I, I hire her to do an astrology reading for me every month. I love her. <laughs> I just, I really, really treasure Kat as her humanness and as her soulfulness and all that she is in this reality. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, okay, so Kat um, came down with cancer. I can't remember. I think it was ovarian cancer a few years ago. And it was scary. I remember being scared for her. And also right next to that fear of, oh my God, this sounds scary, being very honoring and just wanting to hold space for whatever she decided. I was curious about what she would decide um, regarding chemotherapy and, you know, the sort of traditional medical route or whether she would go alternative since obviously she's alternative by nature, energetically in so many ways. And the kind of cool other thing is she is a professional 
um, I think it's marketing um, and maybe even public relations, very, you know, well-educated professional at um, a medical institution, a hospital. I think it's a research hospital. Anyway, so she, again, there's kind of that intersection again, right? It's like, okay, here I am now as the, as the potential patient. What am I going to do? She went for the chemo and um, she's still cancer-free. <laughs> so cat oh, is an example a perfect example, actually. Oh God, I'm all teary. Here I am again. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, she had uh, regular vlogs um, on her YouTube channel and on her Facebook channel that she would share regarding her treatment. <laughs> I hate it when I cry. Um, when I can't talk, right? Um, she called the chemo elixir. <laughs> I believe that she showed us that there's more than one right way through cancer. <laughs> she went in there with her light. And it wasn't too long after that that my dad got diagnosed with um, prostate cancer. My dad is very traditional, and he, when he chose the radiation therapy, I remember going into that fear again and just the, the, my own thoughts and beliefs about, oh my God, that's terrible, it's going to kill him, you know, it's going to be terrible, it's going to be worse than the cancer, what is he doing, you know what I mean? And he too, within the treatments, he's cancer-free too. So, and my dad, I mean, my dad is just, <laughs> he's one of those people that's just a light um, he was a pharmacist by, by profession until he retired. And people would move away from his pharmacy and pass like five pharmacies to get to his pharmacy. That's just who he is. So he's in the Tumor Institute with these nurses and doctors and patients. And he's just beaming his light being him, being Tom, right? And I just imagine Kat that same way. So, I mean, <laughs> they let their cancer be something they were facing. And they brought their natural light, Kat being conscious of it, my dad not being conscious of it, just being himself. And it's just so crazy cool what's possible, you guys, when we stop making it so freaking hard to be here. We do face life and death challenges. Connie, it is scary. I mean, yeah, I, I want to use your words here. Protection. They're, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves about the level of protection we have and don't have here. They're, this is an unsafe reality souls don't incarnate here because they want to be safe or protected, right? There's inherent risks of being here on earth. And sometimes we bump into our own sense of, but wait, where's my protection? Uh, what do you mean by protection exactly? Do you mean you're pretending that if you're high vibe enough, you won't get cancer? Do you mean protection that, that only good things happen to good people? Do you mean protection that everything will always be taken care of if you're just doing it right? That's not earth. Okay.
yeah. <sighs> okay. Thank you. Ooh, all right. Okay, I know there's a ton of messages here I won't get to. I do need to go. <laughs> I do need to go though because I know at some point they're going to be here. Okay. Um, I do want to mention, oh, I see new names here. I always love that. Thanks to our regulars. Oh, somebody posted in. Yes, somebody posted in Kat's uh, 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 website. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, and there's a new person named Julie, and she's share, sharing, fear is more toxic than anything. Choose your plan from your own place of knowing. And if you die, you die. Death is not the end. <laughs> I like your pra pragmatic approach there, Julie. Yeah, fear can be toxic. And then also fear, I, I wanted to offer this up, Julie, because you may not have heard me say this. And I, it was a big deal for me when I got it, because I kept feeling like everybody was fearing fear. And that didn't feel right. <laughs> um and as I looked at it, as my team showed it to me in other ways, they were, here, let me just say it. When anyone shows me something that they fear, what they're also showing me in the same thing as something that they love. So I think it's A Course in Miracles. I haven't read A Course in Miracles, but I think somebody pointed out to me that, that that idea is a concept, I think, from A Course in Miracles, that fear is the opposite of love, or, or at least that's how some people, I think, translate it or d d d uh, hear it, receive it. Fear is not the opposite of love um, in, in how I am shown it. And it was so liberating to me when I felt that. So that's why I wanted to offer that liberating truth potentially for anyone here to consider. If I'm afraid of cat dying, if I am afraid of cat suffering or my dad, right, um, or my children or anyone, the reason I'm afraid of it is because I love them, right? The reason I'm af I was afraid, the reason I was in fear about taking migraine medicine was because I love my work. I love what, what I love that what I do offers what it does for so many beautiful beings that are here on earth. I, I, I just, I love to offer what I see working and what I know works in my own life. So it's like, I love this opportunity that we have to support humanity. I love that so much that I was afraid of, of doing anything that would mess it up. And consistently, over and over and over again, I'm like, huh, doing this isn't hurting my light. Doing this isn't hurting my light. And I remembered all the rules, right? I mean, and there are some channelers and some intuitives and um, mediums that have a lot of rules. And it, whatever works for them, right? I totally get it. But I think it would be interesting if some of them sort of said, okay, what if I, what if I don't take my earrings off <laughs> the next time before I share? Uh, am I still connected, right? And we shared a couple of weeks ago, and I know this has been one that stuck with you guys too, and I loved it as well, and I'll say it again. The light isn't something you connect to. The light is what you are. <sighs> okay, so we don't even have to fear something. Um, and I love how Mary Magdalene offered that there was fear right alongside her sense of trust and well-being. And, um, oh, Samson's dreaming. You guys might be able to hear his little... <laughs> Okay. All right. So multidimensionality allows you to have to access and consider even the bigger picture of what's going on and what's possible. And, you know, that there aren't as many things that are going to get us in a, in especially in a light vibration way. 
um, and giving ourselves and our light more credit in this reality to to use some of the many, many resources that are here that can be brought into the light and have an outcome that's amazing for us and hopefully amazing for anybody. Okay? Yeah, I love you guys so much. Thank you. I'm sorry I'm not getting into all the comments here. I will take a, um, a snap of all the chats and post them as a comment on my website when I post the, the video and the audio later today. Okay? I love you guys. <laughs> Thank you. I love what we did here today. I know I always uh, know it as you and I together as our eternal selves create messages like this. So thank you. And to those of you that that were new or are new and you stayed the whole time. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for giving us a shot. And um, I hope that you felt more of you here. That really is my goal. Because um, your one is stunning. And I love to... Um, help you know that and be that more personally for yourself. Um, and big hugs to um, all of those that are um, that had 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 and put their trust in the Catholic Church and the Catholic faith. Um, there's a lot more to, uh, to being in connection with God than your religion or where you go to for worship. Okay, it's, thank God, it's, it's much uh, there are many more choices than that. And um, I, there's a lot of people here. If if you're one of those people and you happen to stumble across this, there are so many here that are sort of ex-Catholics um, or ex-fundamentalist Christians or ex-Baptists. There's a lot of exes here <laughs> um, of things that we tried out. And then we're like, okay, I think I, think I can do better than this. Um, no, not out of judgment, like the, that sucks, but just, I like, I think I'm looking for something else. I think there's something else available to me here on earth. And we're always right about that. There's always another way. There's always choices. Okay. We put them there and we put new ones there when we need to. Okay. All right. I love you. Bye-bye for now. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this message, thank you so much for liking and sharing and subscribing and all those things. There's a lot of algorithms involved in sort of what shows up on somebody's screen as, hey, you might like this. And your, uh, your doing those things actually does help it get more noticed. Thank you to those of you that are already a part of the monthly membership. I feel... Oh, I, you guys know, I, it's not that I do more than anybody else. Um, but I do do a lot uh, with like this. There's not even ads on my videos, right? I don't want to make money from advertisements. I'd rather make money from offering something of value. And for some of you that, that either just enjoyed this or regularly enjoy our, our, um, offerings and our services, that monthly membership, it just is, we do offer something amazing, um, to those members and the support that it offers me on a regular basis balances out my energy in a very meaningful, tangible, real way. And I'm so grateful. Thank you. And for those of you that are in some version where you have a, a group or an audience that you support, please consider putting out a monthly membership. Even if you're just getting started, you guys, it may motivate you to actually take yourself more seriously when you see the commitment that people are willing to make uh, to you in what you're offering. Okay, and they can cancel at any time. You're not you're not forcing anyone to do it, and hopefully you're not guilting anyone to do it. You're just saying, hey, this is an option. If you like my work and want to support me on a regular basis, I appreciate it. Here's how to make it easy, right? They can 
they can decide to disagree with you and walk out at any time. You're not, you're not, you know, they're not hostages. <laughs> okay. Very good. Hmm. I love you so much. Bye-bye for now.